Kevin McAllister couldn't fly after all. This is spoilers. Hey! Hey now. This is spoilers. He wants his family to disappear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's so like surreal hearing him talk in like that same Kevin McAllister voice, but he's like saying psychopathic things. (laughs) It's uh, pretty incredible. Well, uh, a little bit of a spoiler there, I guess. Uh, This is Brett and we are doing the 1993 classic uh the good son um heavily rec- i mean josh and i feel like josh and uh cory talk about this movie probably more than anybody i'm not saying they talk about it a lot <laughs> yeah, more than but anybody. probably more than anybody i mean josh has probably mentioned it three times in the last five years and cory may be about the same so you know i don't think it's really remembered um but you know we're going to do our job and try to get people to remember this movie about kids killing other kids. I mean, what's better than that? As Josh was kind of ripping on me, I do not have an opening question. So we're just going to freestyle a little bit. Uh, Mm. Why don't you go ahead and tell me we're going to talk about Macaulay Culkin. You can tell me your favorite Macaulay Culkin movie. You can tell me your most underrated movie by him. Um, one that you wish pe- more people liked. Uh, just whatever. And uh, go ahead and tell us where you're recording from as well. Let's start with Josh. Hey, this is Josh from Goshen. I think I talk about this movie a lot because I saw it when I was around the age that the boys are in in this movie. A couple of these parts are really messed up and stuck with me, mm-hmm. especially the line, if I let you go, think you could fly after they climbed that's, up a whole tree That's treehouse. pretty early, too. Yeah, I know. And I was thinking in the back of my head that that was like a little later, but that's kind of like yeah. right off the bat. But anyway, I do. I did grow up loving Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone 1 and 2. was super sad that he wasn't the main character of 3. That was devastating. Oh. Um but I will say on this podcast, we went through a stretch where we were talking about fights a lot, you know, and I recounted a story where like me and my neighborhood friend Andy got into a little scuffle and like we ended up like in a headlock or whatever. But there, I also specifically this movie brought back a memory of me and Andy arguing not to blows or anything, but pretty mad at each other about which one of us was more like Macaulay Culkin. And we had all these like things, <laughs> like reasons, and like things our families had said, and different clothes you we wanted wore. to be like Macaulay Culkin. Like that was yeah. the idea. I, I want to be the creepy guy. I still do. I still do want to be Macaulay Culkin to this day. Actor cool. Macaulay Culkin, not Henry, not <laughs> no, Henry, right? Not yeah. Henry. Macaulay Culkin from this movie. It was more like Josh Kevin. already is a little bit Henry. Let's be honest. <laughs> It was honestly, it was more like we wanted to be Kevin McAllister, I should say. Oh yeah, that's cool. I mean, you talked about 
Kevin McAllister, it's what I wanted, so that's perfect. Uh, thanks, Josh. Let's go to uh, let's go with Mikey, who's uh, had to work earlier. We're glad that he's with us tonight. Um, sorry, Brett. What was the question? I was dealing with some. Just we're just kind of freestyling about uh, Macaulay Culkin, favorite movie, underrated movie. Josh just told kind of a cool story about his childhood uh, with Macaulay Culkin. Just just whatever you want to talk about. We're freestyling. Another kid um, he beat up when he was a child. <laughs> it was the same kid. I, I guess I just don't really know him from a lot of stuff other than Home Alone and now this. Uh, right? And Home Alone, obviously. I would say underrated in this because he's very creepy. Yeah. And he's extremely weird. And I think he does a great job <laughs> at it. So I would say underrated in this for sure. Um, cool. I don't have a childhood rival or anybody I tried to commit lots of horrible <laughs> crimes with. So that's good. Don't have a Henry equivalent in my life. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, let's go with uh, Pat. Uh, this is Pappy, recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, got a freestyle a little bit with it, Brett. I'm not gonna go Macaulay Culkin. I'm gonna go Kieran Culkin. Uh, who mm. plays the baby in this movie? Uh, Is, isn't it Rory? It's Rory. Who cares? They're all the same. Doesn't matter. They but, are. Uh, Carol got Culkin shifty eyes. Is perfectly <laughs> cast <laughs> as Roman in the show. They do have shifty eyes. I agree, Mikey. But Roman from Succession, Kieran Culkin. That's my favorite thing that any Culkin has been in. That show is amazing. If you haven't seen it, Quinn is also in this, which is the sister. Yeah. That was apparently something that the dad negotiated for, that if you're going to get Macaulay, you have to take the rest of the... If you want to read some stories about a dad in the show business, just read some of his stories, man. He was uh, pretty kooky. It's amazing that some of his kids turned out normal. Which ones? Uh, Very demanding. Which ones? Well, I would say Kieran's pretty normal. Uh, He's got State Farm Rory's. commercials now. He's doing well have, yeah. for himself. Have you guys listened to like uh, Macaulay Culkin's podcast or heard any interviews with him? I, I think I listened to like an hour of him and Rogan a couple years ago. He's pretty well adjusted for being like the most famous person on earth when he was seven. Yeah. No, for I like sure. when he does stuff with Red Letter Media. That's always really funny that he shows up with those. Oh, guys. he's like in half in the bags with them, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He was on an Angry Video Game Nerd episode, which was pretty cool. He was actually really funny in it. He was on WTF Mark Maron's podcast as well. Pretty good. I, I like that thing he did. It's kind of like fan service for people, but he did that thing of uh, made a short video within the last 10 years where he was Kevin McAllister all grown up and he was like not very well adjusted because like his parents kept leaving him and stuff. It's pretty funny. We'd all want Macaulay Culkin's life, right? Like if you could have it. I mean, yeah. If and I everything that yeah. comes with it. Yeah. He doesn't have to. Like ever work again? Like he's. I bet he gets so much. You know what he does now? Residuals. He. He's got that site. He lives right? in Paris, hangs out with his friends, smokes weed and tobacco, and drinks good wine. That's literally like how he builds what his life is. He just hangs. He dated Mila Kunis for a long time. Good on him. He just vibes. He's and he's cool with that. He's cool with just vibing. He's not trying. He has a podcast. I think it's called like Bunny Ears or something like that. But he's like, yeah, that was like his company. I don't think he's like set on like setting the world on fire with it. You know, he's pretty chill. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a pretty cool dude. 
I don't know. It seems like he also could be the kind of guy who's going to come out with a line of NFTs at any time now. I could also see that. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that thing he did? Uh, I think it was Ryan Reynolds and him kept printing each other's face on their shirt in this like... That was funny. Was that Ryan Reynolds? That was actually really funny. I loved it. <laughs> I'll put that on Instagram. Sorry. I feel like that could have been Macaulay or Elijah. I don't know. Ryan Gosling. It's like a picture in picture. So every year, it's a picture of the other person wearing the picture of the last year. So the picture of the picture in picture keeps getting like more complex. One of those things. It's pretty great. Both both handsome men. Easy to mix them up. Ryan Gosling and adult <laughs> Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> That's not very nice. He can't help his shifty eyes. Uh, lastly, it takes us to Corey. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us your favorite Quinn Culkin movie? Hello, this is Corey, Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. I will not answer that, Brett. I will choose to freestyle. Let's see. I saw The Good Son at a drive-in theater in 1993. At a very yeah, young age, yeah. I would go see uh, movies, live action movies with my mom in a lot of cases, sometimes my dad as well. But, you know, the family got together and we went to go see the latest Macaulay Culkin movie, as you do, The Good Son. <laughs> Macaulay was a staple of my childhood. Oh, yeah. True for a lot of us, I'm sure. I was very envious of him, as some of you guys have discussed. You know, he was rich and talented. I was poor and untalented. He got to do things that I wanted to do. He hung out with Michael Jackson very regularly, which Ooh, would have been he wanted to do that. Would have been a dream come true for me at the time. Some come. Looking back, that may have, you know, oh my God. it may have affected my life in a different way. Who, <laughs> who knows? Brett, we can hear you when you're talking to the mic. <laughs> I was trying to. Brett said some come. I actually said a little bit different than that, but holy uh, shit, I'm gonna come. <laughs> that's right. You can scrub that out if you want. So when I think of Macaulay Culkin, I think of a couple things. Some of the movies. To this day, when he gets stung to death by bees and my girl, I still find Sad. that hilarious. No. Um, one of the all-time great movie scenes featuring Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I got, I got to see that. That's great. It's really funny. It's sad. It's not funny at all. It's hilarious. <laughs> now I know it's funny. He was also in a movie called Richie Rich, which was really the last 90s movie he did as a kid. Hell yes. I can't believe you haven't mentioned it yet. That movie was the shit. Oh, yeah. See, Brett, it's like you said, I like to talk about things that no one else talks about to try to bring <laughs> them into the public consciousness, you know, single-handedly. Yeah. Uh, Richie Rich. I'll never forget the fact that this rich prick, billionaire kid, had a fully staffed McDonald's inside of his house just for whenever he wanted a fucking chicken nugget. Ridiculous. Anyway, that's all I got to say. Corey, Crazy. there's one line. I've watched that movie so many times. But do you remember his one friend that he brings? He just has this line where he goes... Man, this is the best day of my life! This is the best day I'm alive! <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that, but yeah. This is Brett, recorded from Fort Wayne. I've, I've kind of mentioned it before. I think he is the best, at least young male actor like that I've ever seen. I think watching him is like watching a grown-up, for better or for worse. I think he's amazing. I think he's, if there's going to be a, a trio of actors that just 
blew me away with how good they were and they were young. I'd say him, Abigail Breslin, and uh, what's uh, oh my god, Haley Joel Osment, Shirley Temple. Oh yeah, him. Uh, oh my god, what's her name? Uh, Cat in the Hat and Fanning, Dakota Fanning. I thought she was really really good, and I just think he's like really impressive. Yeah, it's a little uh, silly in this movie, but I just also I think like he kind of mentioned it earlier, he's just like really good in this movie at being creepy. Um, it's kind of maybe a little too natural for him, but um, I won't fault him for that. And I I think he's really funny in Uncle Buck. I think that's an underrated movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I wish more people talked about that. I think John Candy's amazing. So, But that being said, um, I mean, both of these guys were pretty big, I believe, in 93. Uh, Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin. So. Who do you think is a better actor in this movie, Brett? Elijah Wood or Macaulay Culkin? Because I feel like... I think I think Macaulay Culkin is, but he's got the more fun part. But Elijah Wood, I mean, this is like one of the few kids' movies where it's like the kids aren't the problem with the movie at all. They're both really good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, you know, they're both they're both good. Like, yeah, I think Elijah gets to do more because he gets like the more emotional role and he gets to yell and kind of like get in your face and stuff. He's actually pretty good at that, and he. I think he does a lot of that when he gets older as well. I think it's saying a lot that it's even a competition, to be honest. Yeah. But I think what's interesting mm-hmm. is now if you look at it, like clearly Elijah Wood is a better actor and more accomplished. So at some oh, yeah. at some point in their lives, they were equally the same goodness. So I wonder like what year that would have taken place that they like crossed paths. To be fair to Macaulay, like his dad and his family life like really beat wanting to be an actor out of him. So it's kind of hard to compare their journeys, I guess. You think if he still but, like had a passion for it, it'd be a whole different story kind of thing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think I remember listening on the Ro- uh, the Rogan podcast a few years ago that he like didn't want to act like at all. And, you know, like his friends will ask him to be in movies. I think Seth Green's like, Hey, I'm filming this movie in, I don't know, Tahiti or something. Do you want to be in it? And he's like, yeah, but other than that, He's just not really interested in it. And if like you've heard about his dad, I mean, like a crazy story is on SNL, like he was super, the dad was so unpopular because his dad made Macaulay Culkin memorize all of his lines. So there were no cue cards for like the other people to use. And it just was like a nightmare for everybody. But he wanted him to learn how to memorize his lines. And of course he could, but like he literally went into SNL and changed how they did things. Yeah, it's a commentary. He's like, I don't like how SNL looks when the actors are reading the cue cards. Right, exactly. It's exactly what it is. It's crazy. So I'm going to use my son as a tool. But like we said, like you said earlier, Josh, he's the most famous face in the in the whole world in like the early 1990s. Like That's the thing. It feels like this, this whole, the point of this movie is to subvert what you know about him. Right? And I, like, Definitely. I, I barely remember... I did see this movie and I was young in some context, maybe on TV. And I kind of remember the marketing for it. And it feels like that was like the whole angle, right? It's almost like kids, the movie with a Z before kids. It's like how shocking this movie is going to be, which I don't know if it holds up that way 30 years later. You talking about like, have you ever seen that one movie kids? Is that mm-hmm. what you're talking about? Or yes, yeah. it has an that, S but... by the way. Oh, whatever. That's what I thought. That's why I was a little confused.
I made a joke earlier in the day that there's like 70 different scenes in this movie. It's like every 30 seconds there's a new setting. It's so, so weird. Like for such a short movie, I just feel like so much could have been cut out. Um, but I mean, again, you can't have, can you even make a movie even shorter than this? I know Mikey likes short movies, but that's really short. So, <laughs> Yeah, I like the length. The length wasn't bad. It was, uh, I had more of a problem with the editing. The editing is like chaotic. And I had a real problem. Like you said, we're location to location. We're kind of just, first of all, these kids are running fucking everywhere. They're running yeah. up and all across Boston or wherever the fuck they're at <laughs> England. Um, they're just running across Man. town and doing it very fast. <laughs> yeah, and- I mean, just like I, I took notes on my phone and I have soccer hospital funeral. And that's literally like less than two minutes into the movie. You know, I think my theory, I don't have anything to corroborate this with, but it, the movie feels extremely storyboarded. And like in the editing, they just kept the storyboards. And in the shooting, you know, with the sweeping helicopter shots, it, it just feels, it, I think it makes it feel disjointed, like uh, Mikey said a little bit. I, yeah, 100%. I, I agree with that. And so the. Only thing of note, I'm actually surprised David Morse didn't play the dad in this because I feel like he was a bigger actor at the time than Dave Daniel Hugh Kelly, and he's a much better actor, let's be honest. Um, but I was surprised that he was billed fourth and was in it for like 10 minutes. Uh, David Morse, he's at least a couple movie club. And I think I was going to ask Pat, are we, for Elijah, are we at five? Five movie clubs? Um, Three Lord of the Rings, uh, Call Me Daddy. Yeah, that, and then this, this one at least. Yeah, so I think five. Sounds about right. Okay. Uh, I don't think anybody else is really up there. I mean, again, David Morse is in The Rock and probably some other movies we've done, but... Flipper. We'll do Flipper. <laughs> Future spoilers. <laughs> I've never seen Flipper. Joseph Rubin, two movie club. He directed this and Return to Paradise. Joseph Rubin uh, directed this movie and it was written by Ian McEwen. So Joseph Rubin, he also did what, Pap? Return to Paradise. Return to Paradise. Uh, long favorite. But the original director was Michael Lehman, who directed Heathers. And then oh. he got replaced with Joseph Rubin. So Because he wanted Christian Slater to be the kid or what? <laughs> uh, apparently it was um, disputes with Macaulay's father. Hey, hey can so you fly? Oh, man, that was well, really good. Perfection. This my theory is that this movie feels like a movie that like had to be salvaged somewhat in editing, and there was a lot of executive oversight because. Do you, I think you were saying this earlier, Brett? It's like it barely gets to eighty six minutes, which is super yeah. duper short for a feature film. But at the same time, there's like lingering shots of like a park obstructed by a tree yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Like, like do you it, think? Do we think the script was like that lean or? Like every That's scene so stays weird. too late. Like it's like you should be getting out of this shot half a second, a second earlier. So many times this movie, it's bizarre. And so many of the scenes have establishing stop shots too that you don't mm-hmm. always need in a good, well edited movie. Did anybody else crack up during the opening soccer? Where he's like, "Pass me the ball, give me the ball." <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was really funny. I th- I was like, "Oh man, they hate him," but he ended up ended up liking him. I don't know. Just a weird thing. But 
the only like the first five, 10 minutes, the only main thing we see is the brother comes and he's like, Hey, you need to go make this deal. We'll watch your kid for two weeks. He could use it. Uh, they don't really know each other. I think it said that it's been 10 years. Um, so he decides to do that. And then there's a really weird scene where is he on the fast and furious crew. One last ride. Yeah, this is obviously a, a deal with the Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, because he's going to Japan, right? Tokyo? Yeah, he's going to go visit Han. I think he's going, I was going to say, I think he's going to meet with Han. It has to be such a huge score. He literally says, I never have to do work again, and I can just hang out with my son forever after this. <laughs> yeah, just one more job. One more drift. And then he could take care of his family. In Fast 10, they're going to edit him into the Han death scene. You know how they keep adding to it? Like Every movie, it becomes more complex. What did you feel? How do you feel about the soup? Not supernatural, but the whole. And I, I've never been ten and dealt with death like that, so I don't know. But like the whole, my mom's coming back, and then like looking for her and other people. I just thought that was kind of weird. It is weird, but I can also understand a child like rationalizing. Yeah, the situation that happened so recently and it's such a a big thing to happen to a kid. Elijah Wood, who's Mark, you know, his mom dies very early on at the beginning of the movie, and he has not accepted it. You know, he says she's going to come back. I let her die. Yeah, he also feels it's his fault because he told her that he'll make sure that she doesn't die. So he has that weighing on him throughout the movie. Yeah, I promise you won't die, am. But I, I think it would make sense in the mind of a child, you know. At, at times, Mark is very much like a child. At other times, he's kind of more like an adult because I think he's pushed into that position where he has yeah. to be when confronted with, you know, heavy situations. I'm, go ahead, Josh. Well, I know it's a Catholic pod, but there are full out religions that believe people come back as something else. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't so, like I, ripping on reincarnation or anything like that. But is the way it's displayed in this movie, it felt like his mom could have done him a few more favors. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? He's confused kid. I, I do think there's one thing where, where it works, and it draws him closer to Henry's mom. But in such a weird way, though. Like, he yeah. literally believes that it's his mom possessing her <laughs> or something. I mean, and let's be honest, she's a little better looking than his mom. I mean, RIP, but... The mom from the Santa Claus. Why does he want to bang his mom? <laughs> you got the hots for Santa Claus, mom, Brett? No, no. There's a lot of Freudian stuff in this movie. For sure. Yeah. Uh, the first note I have after all that stuff, other than I put a lot of really short scenes, is Henry is creepy. Um, Pappy, why don't you go ahead and describe to us the first time that uh, Mark and Henry meet and the first time we meet Henry and how normal that is. Yeah, it's weird because none of these cousins were at the funeral of the untimely death of his mom. So, so he's ostensibly meeting like all these little cousins for the first time. Super cool house. Where in New England is it? Is it Maine? I thought it was Maine. Yeah. Okay. 
And to Josh's point, some of the establishing shots in this town are actually pretty cool. It's cool to see like this area of the country, but we go into this like gigantic house and Henry has a paper mache mask, I guess. And he like yells boo or something or like screams. And then he gets in a stare down with Elijah Wood. It's setting the tone early, I guess. Um, yeah, a little bit. It's intense. It's intense. Stare that down. scene lasts a couple seconds longer. I mean, I think that was a good edit at that for that scene. Because they're like looking at each other in the eye or through the mask. Yeah, that it lasts about two seconds too long. It's really mm-hmm. like the staring is really weird. That's a good edit, though. I think. I'm not saying it's not that scene's not good. I just thought them staring at each other was kind of weird. But it's not as good as the edit earlier in the movie <laughs> when um, Elijah Wood's like, I'll never let you die. Then it cuts to her dead at the funeral. <laughs> What is that? Yeah, it's like the Wonder Years. That's like a Wonder Years edit. Like, <laughs> And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Dad, want to play catch? I'll be right there. Oh, Winnie Cooper, all time. One of my favorite scenes is right after this, though, Brett. When they sit down to eat, you know, like Mark's dad is there for like one meal one night and they eat. And right when they sit down, Macaulay Culkin just like kicks the shit out of Elijah Wood's leg. But he like kicks the shit out of him back. And you're like, hell yeah, little dude. Like They're having the time of their life at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thought that was really cool, actually. It is cool. I think everything, though, about Henry, and this is very early on in the movie, is slightly off, right? You guys talked about how close he gets to Mark when he's wearing his creepy leather face mask. And, you know, I had a Freddy Krueger mask when I was a kid, and I like to, like, pop up when people came over to, like, show him that I was wacky or whatever. But, like, how close he gets to Mark is a sign. And then when Mark kicks him under the table, like, the face he makes is another sign. Like, it's like... He almost seems to enjoy the pain. But like those those signs are meant to build this tension, right? Of when Macaulay Culkin is going to snap and do something super violent. And like the movie kind of fakes this out a little bit for the next 30 minutes. But like I'm not something about this movie. I don't get I don't get nervous when I watch this. You know what I mean? We just did Uncut Gems a couple weeks ago. I get nervous watching Uncut Uncut Gems. Yeah. I don't, you know what I mean, Corey? Like, do, like when you're seeing this, like I know it, it's a good moment of characterization, but is it building tension for you? Uh, I'd say yes. I have a kind of different perspective, maybe because I saw this movie at a young age and rewatched it a lot, so it was like in- ingrained in me when I did this recent rewatch for the podcast. So it's hard for me to shake some of the older feelings I have from my youth when I saw this movie. This movie is not for kids. It's a rated R movie. But assuming it was for kids, I think it would have that effect on kids Mm -hmm. as opposed to adults watching it for the first time. So Pappy doesn't get nervous when he sees a five-year-old girl underneath the ice. That's not what I said. Just another day at the office for old Pappy. (laughs) 
Not only did I see this movie when I was a kid, I'm 100% sure that clip was shown to me in a classroom at some point. It's like, be careful oh, on the geez. ice. This could happen to you. Oh my be gosh. careful around Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Your brother could be yeah. evil. That's the clip they should show you in school. Elijah Wood saying, you don't believe in evil, you should be. <laughs> like, that's the good shit. <laughs> No fair. What do you think this is, Gabe? All right, so I have a question for Josh. Um, you have three young children. Talk about... <laughs> uh oh, God. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to be like that. Talk about the treehouse and tell us that's... Tell us why that's exactly how you made your daughter's treehouse. <laughs> <laughs> a death trap. My dad did make a treehouse for my kids in my backyard that I helped them a bit with. I've seen that. It's nothing like this. Yeah, some of the differences are this one's pretty square, pretty low to the ground, got some slides. Nice. Got some cool colors. Stable. There's no, like, dolls hanging from nooses around. <laughs> it's not 75 feet in the air. No stray nails. I think there's something about being a 90s kid, though, that it's a little more realistic that your parents might let you just like, hey, like, that looks fun. Like, the higher the better. Just be careful out there. That's still, I mean, like, they, they get a lot of freedom in this movie, but, like, as a dad, Josh, I mean, the one time you look out and you see 48 steps that go 75 feet in the air, I mean, like, Dude, you're even if in the 90s, you're not letting your girls climb that, right? One of the steps is a branch. It's not even a step. You have to, like... <laughs> which breaks immediately. <laughs> that happened to me in sixth grade. I don't think I've ever told the story on pod. It was my sister's birthday party. I fell 13 feet out of a tree because a branch broke. I missed the last week of sixth grade with a concussion. My God. Like, from a treehouse, Marv? Uh, no, from a faulty branch. <laughs> but I got uh, some PTSD from this. Did you change personalities before and after that? Like, Yeah, I used to be way less angry. Now I'm way more angry. <laughs> Dang. It used to be way cooler, Pappy. Used to hate movies until you fell out of the tree. I loved Luke Skywalker before <laughs> I fell out of that tree, and now I hate him. Yeah. He used to be called Child, and then he woke up from his coma, and then he was Pappy. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, and I feel like once you get in the treehouse, like, it's not like the danger stops. There's like nowhere to stay. And I had this. <laughs> note for stevie but he didn't make it i put rumpus in the treehouse mm. like they're just completely <laughs> rumpusing around what's more dangerous <laughs> brett this treehouse or the one in jack that bill cosby will occasionally come into Ooh, uh, mm. well unless there's a bunch of grown women in that treehouse i'm gonna say this one okay um, oh the jack treehouse smells way worse <laughs> <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> well yeah it's got a 40 year old man in it at least the Jack Treehouse has Playboys and stuff. I mean, this just has, oh, don't go that way. You'll fall to your death. Don't go that way. You'll fall to your death. I mean, at least I guess at least it has a rope that goes down. I mean, yeah, this is a, a little bit of rope. This is bridge to Terabithia <laughs> waiting to happen. You're right. Oh, yeah. So um, we could count how many crimes they commit this first day. So they go explore. I mean, yeah, I think... Was it Mikey you brought it up that they're just they just run. They're running all over the place. So much running. Oh. 
So much running just to get that one sig and just smoke two puffs of it and toss it down a wall. Just running across town. Can you name some of the crimes they committed this first day after the treehouse? The way they opened the crab legs, the way they opened that was a crime in itself. <laughs> yeah, that was a 94, <laughs> right? Yeah, any self-respecting mother would be like, what the fuck are you doing to my hardwood table? <laughs> well, I think we're going to get to the point about and, the mom. And then you wouldn't have a serial killer for a child. <laughs> for sure. So, that yeah, that first day, I think they have trespassing. Definitely some hardcore Vandal. vandalism. Why does that go on for so long, though? Yeah. They break mirrors for like literally 15 seconds of an 80 minute movie. It's absurd. That's one of the coolest looking shots though. It the- is cool. Yeah, no, it looks it looks pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that was awesome. So they got to milk it. I bet they had a blast filming that scene. This brought back a Josh childhood memory too. Uh-oh. Mm. Oh, Josh. Me and Andy again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we were running around through the neighborhood like 90s kids do. And he goes, hey. Check this, check out this like little pile. Look at these stones. And he like picked up, like he took me to this pile behind some bushes, just random people's backyard. And there were like cement pavers back there, like brick ones that you'd like use to make a garden or something. And he just picked it up and smashed it. And he's like, Yeah, you can smash these. It's no big deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like them throwing rocks through the windows. We were just there for like two minutes, just breaking rocks until some guy comes out of the house and he's like, Hey, what the hell are you doing? And we just took off right. running. <laughs> Man, just like that. Josh, I okay. I know exactly what you mean, Josh, because in, in a lot of ways I can relate to Elijah Wood in this movie w- with my cousin Shane. I kind of feel like when I was a kid, I was Mark and my cousin was Henry. And and it's kind of like you're saying, Josh, because like he would cause rampant destruction. Not not exactly like Henry, not like, you know, murder, but he would do things that I would have never thought of. I would have never thought it was okay to go and smash stuff, just like your friend there. Or he would like kind of, I, I don't know how much I should say, but like in a way he would kind of like torture animals. Oh, and like, oh, it's something geez. that never like really crossed my mind. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, I, you're a smart guy. Like, you know what that's a really early sign for, correct? Yeah. And I, I it's probably sounds worse than it is. I'll, I'll get specific, I guess. So you guys can decide for yourself. We used to go fishing in what we called the creek, which I'm pretty sure was just a, a sewage runoff where there was water and there was crawfish. Ooh, we talked about this in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So he would take the crawfish that we would catch and he would put them in a bucket. And I'd be like, okay, what are we going to do with them now? And he would uh, go to the roof of our apartment complex and just leave the bucket sitting there on the roof for them to roast in the sun. That's something I would have never have considered doing. I was like, why? And he's like, I don't know, just do it. Kind of like a Henryism, you know, like, you know, just to do it for science or whatever the fuck. Ah, that's not, that's like burning ants. And like my uncle, my late uncle wasn't like a psycho, but like they used to catch frogs and like rip their legs off. which I have never in a million years would do. I think that's awful. But like, I mean, it's bad. 
but it's kind of like just kid stuff, I guess. He didn't like shoot a bolt at a dog. Yeah, like <laughs> yes. crawfish. I mean, you're not gonna have a pet crawfish. Come on, you're not gonna name a crawfish. <laughs> not exactly a vegan, are you, Mikey? <laughs> if he was staring into the bucket creepily, like Henry, smiling, watching them breathe their last breath, that that would be pretty creepy. Yeah, that's, that's basically right. how they get cooked. I mean, they're just in boiling water, slowly like, and painfully. Uh, whatever, <laughs> it's the same for thing. water. Yeah. Just season them. I believe in the book I read about amazing facts. Like, I think uh, what are those called? The art? Are they arthropods, crustaceans, or whatever? They don't have pain receptors. I don't believe so. It's probably not bad. Like people talk about that in lobster, like how they don't feel that. They used to say that about infants. Human infants. <laughs> no, infants just don't matter. <laughs> what? That's not what I meant. I didn't mean that at all. <laughs> this is getting so weird. I'm so sorry, guys, for bringing this up. It's very topical. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I mean, this this plot's pretty thin. Pappy, why don't you at least tell us about the first real creepy thing that we hear Henry talking to Mark about at the well the first time. Yeah. When they're smoking a cig. You mentioned this, and I think they're, the science quote comes into play because Henry's playing it off like he's just curious from a science perspective of what yeah. Mark's Elijah Wood, Frodo's dead mom, looked like. And he's, he's like, was she blue? Oh, it's really important to see. And I think this is also where it's revealed that uh, Macaulay Culkin had a younger brother named Richard who died, uh, which is a huge yeah. plot point of this movie. For sure. And that's, I, I think it's another, uh, now I don't know if it's the opposite of that, but he actually recovers pretty well, but they both like are about to fight on a well and me being acrophobic, I hated and a little claustrophobic. I hated every second of that. What's, what's acrophobic? Heights. Hmm. But then he's just like, I'm really sorry. Like his apology is like really, really legit and sounds really good. So it's probably practiced. I mean, we get like the ultimate practice scene later on. Like I should think is a really good scene. First of all, I feel like the people that are tuning in, the, the millions of people who want to hear about the good son, I feel like we're doing them a disservice. Corey, can you tell us the line when he's holding on to him, when he's coming up the when he's grabbing him by the hand and when he's climbing up the treehouse, we skip that. What's the line? <laughs> well, that's one of the all-time moments of the movie. That's like one of the things that stuck with me for sure. Yeah, I can't believe for I skipped sure. it. He goes, hey, Mark, don't fuck with me. No, not that one, right? That's later. You're saying, can you fly? Yeah, or- can you fly? Oh, you're asking about that one? Yeah, that one's okay, too. Yeah, early on. I just feel like we. I feel like there's like three, two or three iconic things that he says, and I know that one's your jam. I think Josh can give us the direct quote proper. If I let you go, think you could fly? <laughs> That's a creepy line. Yeah, oh yeah, and yeah, for sure. Part of it is just Josh's delivery, though. <laughs> yeah, Mike. <laughs> so natural. I, I thought that I always thought that was more creepy than the "don't fuck with me" thing, because at least then it was a little bit more in the open, the animosity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely out in the open. But early on in the movie, it's like, 
It's like, what is this guy's angle? Like, what's he going to do next? Yeah, nothing a good rumpus time can't solve, though. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm beating a dead horse, but I wanted to ask this question. To, I don't know why I wanted to ask it to Mikey specifically, but do you like it more that we kind of go, I think Pappy mentioned it, right into, like, he starts to be psychopathic a little early in steps, or do you think it would have been better for them to build a friendship for 30 minutes and then crack starting to show? You know, he says that, can you fly? And he... Uh, mm. talks about his mom's i mean this is all first day so i think the problem with this movie is there's like a lot of good bones here but the editing is like terrible i think we all agree that the er- yeah. editing is not very good in this and it really hurts the movie a, a whole bunch macaulay culkin is just like straight up killing it i think if there was like better writing and maybe just way better editing in some places i think you have a really solid movie here that could be pretty creepy uh, I yeah. think it's already pretty creepy, and uh, Macaulay Culkin is kind of a terrifying little kid in this, but yeah, there's just a lot of key elements missing. It's like, Brett, are you asking if this was like directed by Robert Eggers or like Tom Ford or something? Like, mm-hmm. I think I think the the thing Corey said earlier about like him in the mask just getting like a little too close, you could have built yeah. around clues like that for like a little over half of the movie if you wanted to play it really close to the chest. And I think they could have played up the aspect of Elijah Wood going crazy because his mom's died like even a little more, right? If they wanted to keep that suspense up. But I don't know. I got a lot of I got a lot of A24 vibes from this just in that there's like some kind of underlying trauma but then there's like a horror story on top of it like very like hereditary or Midsommar or something like my question would be is why is this not from the mom from the Santa Claus's perspective? Like, why do we have to see this from the child's perspective? Cause if it was from her perspective. Then you could have yeah, a little she's bit got more a of really a really rich. She has a really rich perspective that we probably could have probably could have made it a better movie, but she's the only character with she's an not better. She's not a better actor than Macaulay or Elijah. Yeah, that's probably true. True. She's the only character with an arc. She's the one who like learns anything and changes. The director, Joseph Rubin, and the reason I say this is like he, he directed a movie that I've seen once and it, it was really creepy, Sleeping with the Enemy. Has anyone seen that? No. But OK, if not, it's it's like a psychological thriller where they build up a lot. And I, I haven't seen this, but like I feel like this could have been like a, a Kate Fear or Sleeping with the Enemy. Like if they would have just had, like Mikey said, use the good bones to maybe make a better story. But um, it's almost just like they start just to finish. Maybe that's something that, what is that, Michael Lehman, the Heathers guy, maybe he identified like, hey, maybe Macaulay Culkin is more like a tertiary character. It was like, hell nah, from his paw. Yeah. <laughs> like there's good, memorable scenes. It's just like the stuff in between carrying them. It's like not very interesting or memorable. She is kind of the main character in the, like, the climax and beyond, though, I would yeah. almost argue. Right. The last half. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like she's she's the only one who like learns anything. Like if this was an A24 movie, if this was directed by Robert Eggers, it would start with the fucking baby drowning, and that would be like the the little intro. Then it would cut to Macaulay Culkin getting dropped off. Like he wouldn't even bother fucking with like seeing his her funeral or anything like that. But if Macaulay Culkin was a tertiary character, would he be in this movie? You got to remember, this is right after 
My Girl, Home Alone, and Home Alone 2. But like the opportunity to like rebrand yourself, right? That seems valuable enough for a couple of weeks yeah. of your time. I don't know. You think his dad would allow him to do that at the time? I don't know much about his dad. From what yeah. you've told me, he sounds crazy. It seems like his dad forcing a rebrand. Like, look how much stretching and different type of acting Macaulay can do. He's not just the cute kid anymore. It feels a little bit creepy. Like, this is his dark phase, and he's now eight instead of seven. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Remember back when he was just the cute kid that would kill you in Home Alone? Well, guess what? <laughs> he's now a cute kid that'll kill you in The Good Son. Actually, murder you. Yeah, he's got a whole new bag of pranks. <laughs> <laughs> he's the collector. This is the beginning. Um, just as a uh, Pap, I don't know whether this is true or not, but Jesse Bradford, who I think is the guy in Bring It On, was supposed to play Henry apparently, but uh, Macaulay Culkin's dad wanted him to be in it, and he threatened to pull Macaulay out of Home Alone Two if he wasn't cast in the movie. So, hmm. like, that's just a little hint, a little taste of what he was like. So, like I said, this is, movie feels like a lot of studio decisions and like somewhere a really cool creative vision got a little fucked with. And it says the original director, Michael Lehman, was replaced due to clashes with Macaulay Culkin's father. About 15 minutes in the movie, I was like, oh, crap. And I said, Brittany, there's a really good chance that <laughs> Henry hurts animals in this movie. And if you want my wife to be upset, if you want her to hate a movie or hate somebody, it's if you hurt animals or like even so like she'll watch a movie where like a thousand people get slaughtered. But like if a, an arrow goes through a horse, she's like, oh, what about crawfish? Like she doesn't care about those other people. But yeah, where's she at on crawfish? What about spiders? Uh, well, she's had to kill spiders before. Um, no, <laughs> it's not, those are those are bugs. I'm talking about real <laughs> legit animals. Yep. Um, and then literally the dog's chasing them and I said there's a really good chance that he's going to kill that dog <laughs> and she's like yeah status system Norman ready hmm. try to hit that sign Negative. Try to hit that light. Negative. Targeting. What are you doing? What are you doing? So I think one of the really cool scenes, um, like kind of like real creepy is when he's aiming. Well, first of all, we see that crossbow that he made, which is just a psychopathic, a psychopath's tool, like a weapon. I mean, it's almost like a gun. These, it's like the thing from No Country for Old Men that like. Mm -hmm. Antoine yeah, he got those blueprints on Reddit. <laughs> anarchist Actually, cookbook. back then it was Anarchist Cookbook or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back before uh, Reddit. Doesn't Antoine whatever have like a grown up version of that in No Country? Or the nail gun? That's thing? a nail gun, isn't it? <laughs> this is a screw gun. Totally different. <laughs> Dude. 
That was a good impression. A bolt gun. It's it's not a it's a bolt gun, not a crossbow. So let's. Yeah, you're right. It's a crossbolt. Cross crossbolt. Yeah. But I like when he's aiming at the cat, which oh my god, Brittany would have walked out. Um, and he's like, just scare it, and then he shoots it, and he does miss, and then like he mutters to himself, "I don't have the sights right" or something like that. Like that's for like, holy crap, this dude is crazy. I mean, he knew he kind of was anyway, but. How do we feel about the psychiatrist? Shoehorned or necessary or kind of in the middle or? I kind of expected her to die. Oh, definitely. But like when he, when Henry later on, like gets her on his side, he was either going to kill her or get her on his side. So once he got her on his side, I was like, oh yeah, he's not going to kill her. But like, how do we feel about her? The weird thing with her whole subplot is I actually really like that um, Elijah Wood is saying things that would make her think that this kid's fucking crazy. You know what I mean? And that tension yeah. of like, you know, he's like speaking in hypotheticals. Like, let's just say I have a friend who's evil and likes to hurt animals. And the psychiatrist could be like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is maybe like a, a part where they could have expanded on her, I guess maybe. Maybe, yeah. Or like, I, I don't know. It, it does feel shoehorned in. I feel like maybe there just wasn't enough scenes if you're gonna try and do this. So then we get to our kind of our not supernatural, but I mentioned it earlier. He just randomly wakes up in the middle of the night and he thinks that his aunt is his mom. Um, I don't know if it's uh, Pappy. You mentioned earlier you, you didn't like that. I hate this fucking like, subplot. Do you, I don't get it. I don't get the okay. point of the whole reincarnation thing. Well, Corey mentioned Corey or uh, Josh mentioned it. Does either one of you want to defend? Like specifically where like this is the first time he we see him break down. My problem with it really is is like if this like if this was a Robert Eggers A twenty four movie, it would focus on the actual bond between an aunt and a nephew, right? Which can exist. You know what I mean? Like that can be a nice, sweet relationship for someone. So it's like I don't get why it has to be like my mom is manifesting through you, actually. You're actually my mom now. It doesn't make any sense to me to be fair he's like yeah. literally known her as a sentient being for like two days so it'd be hard to kind of get that especially when she's she's not cold she's actually pretty warm for someone who's as broken inside as her but she, he, she does slap the shit out of him later in the movie he will, yeah we'll get we'll get to that that's uh i think there's something like classically human about seeing someone on the street or something that you know is dead, right? Like that, that's something that comes up like a lot. Yeah. And I think. You, especially like in traffic, like, or like a, uh, like a busy sure. New York street or something like that. You think you see someone. So it, it starts off like that. And I think that's really strong, but then it does delve into like, so my mom's living inside of me. Yes, sweetie. So she's living inside of you too. You are her. I knew you were her. My mom. <laughs> it's yeah, like, that's okay, weird. Calm down a little bit. Can you can you guys clear something up for me? Is are the two guys related, or is it the mom and this I, other woman? I believe they said the guys said they're brothers, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's really weird because she's like, it's almost like implied that they look alike. Yeah, but, but the guy does say you're my brother. I was like, how are you not going to go to your own sister's funeral? Yeah. But the guy makes it though, so that's why I'm thinking. I was wondering the same thing. I just went with the one 
thing, the one tangible bit of evidence I saw. Which yeah, was, I just assumed it was he guys. says my brother. So. So then we get to the body dump, which is like the first really, really, really bad thing we see him do. And he says, you know, it was an accident. And I think at this point, Mark's starting to be pretty suspect. And then I have picture time, which I think is just when we kind of first hear about Richard, like actual Richard dying. Is that correct? Is uh, I think he knocks the pictures over. Is that like when she talks about him? He's like, oh, you must really miss him. <laughs> yeah. And then she, she has to explain. Yeah. Yeah, I do miss my dead son. <laughs> Wait a second. We we missed the most important part of the last scene. That whole thing where he thinks she's his mom, all that stuff. It ends with like them hugging and Macaulay Culkin like looking down yeah. from the banister. And I think... I think he's trying to steal. I think that's the moment where he's like... I'm done just being like free and wild. Like I'm going back on the homicidal yeah. path again. You're right. You're because right, it was, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's he's got a thing about sure. another male, another male son taking his mom's love or something like that. Oh yeah. He's jealous. Yeah. yeah. Good, good call. That's, that's important for sure. So then, uh, Henry's going to show Mark something really amazing. Uh, Corey, why don't you uh, tell us what that's about? Mr. Highwayman. Oh, Mr. Highwayman. You're my only friend. You know how when you're a kid and you have like your favorite toys, you know, I, I really liked my G.I. Joes and like my Beast War Transformer toys. Transformers. Oh, Beast yep. Wars. Corey. Oh, my God. Those were sick. Turtles. Some younger generations, you know, might have had like a Tickle Me Elmo. I know that was really popular, but it was I was too old for it. Yeah. Well, Henry has Mr. Highwayman. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a it's an action figure, life size, you know, death and destruction sold separately <laughs> with this guy. <laughs> Very much weekend at Bernie's esque. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. For those that don't know, if you haven't seen the movie, Mr. Highwayman is the uh scary, nightmare inducing life size human doll that Henry has. He shows it to Elijah Wood, he's like, check this out, we're gonna do something awesome with this. <laughs> Mark's like, okay, what could that be? They take it to a highway overpass, and they uh, they they do some some like pre CKY or jackass style prank where they just toss it into traffic, causes a huge car pile up. Where are we going? We're here. Here. Help me rest. I'm up here. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Highway. Take a look. Poor Mr. Highway. He's thinking about the end. He's had enough of this terrible life. What? Say goodbye. No!
two reactions to this moment. Henry is like jizzing in his pants. He's so happy. Oh my gosh, he's so happy. This kid has never been more pleased with anything that he's ever seen in his life. Nothing has ever made him happier than this moment. And Mark, this is probably like more horrifying than his mother's death. Yeah. So good reactions on both of them. Very nonverbal. This is a another one of those big moments in the movie. I think this is something people remember a lot. I read somewhere online that this actually had happened in real life, like a yeah. year earlier or something, with some other kids, yeah. which is nuts in itself. This is a this is a common thing. This yeah, I had friends in high school who did that with pumpkins and stuff, and I hated it. And they're lucky that they like never killed anybody. Well, the reason I bring up CKY is because like in CKY three they do this, but they do it on like a. Uh, like a, just a regular road and they just toss it in front of one car. So it's not like going to cause multiple car accidents. It just hits the car and then the car stops. Not a yeah. good idea. Not a cool thing to do at all, obviously. But uh, good for the movie, definitely. Because this is really the highlight of the the evil that lurks within Henry, I think. Yeah. Also, uh well, one thing I thought was funny is they, I swear they show 23 cars crashing, um, like 23 different collisions, and then they show like six cars. The sound design, there's so many wrecks during the shots where they're like, Henry's looking super pleased and Elijah Wood's looking horrified. Like, you just hear like wreck after wreck after wreck after wreck. Like, it, it looks so cheap and bad. It's the bridge scene from Maximum Overdrive, the very beginning of that movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but also another thing that you, we could be seeing Corey is he also realizes that he just got, he just entrapped Mark. Like he knows this is going to throw Mark over the edge, but he's also like, go ahead. I already have a plan. Mark is dumb. You did this. You did it with me. You're complicit too. I mean, like he just really eats all that up. And you, you see that a little bit, uh, when he, Mark like tries to tell his dad what just happened, but. Um, he doesn't do that and then we just get like the most random fight uh, Josh did you ever A did you ever tease your brothers like and be mean to him like he is mean to his sister and have you ever gotten a fight with your brother where you grabbed each other's ears no man I think that's a pretty <laughs> disturbing scene where he grabs his younger is, sister yeah. and he's like abusing her like a dog and telling her never to come in his room again. That's pretty creepy stuff. Does that not put you on edge, Pap? I feel like that's pretty good creepiness right there. I almost kind of wish they went a little bit further with it. I don't know. Like... (laughs) All all he does is say, like, no... I I mean, like, right? Like, this is supposed to be shocking. Like, he doesn't, like, actually hit her or anything. He just kind of, like, gets in her face and yells at her. For an R-rated movie, it's pretty underrated or under. He grabs her. I thought that was kind of shocking. Yeah. Plus, it's really sad. She's excited to hang out with him. But then they like, there's a lot of hair grabbing in the scene. Like, what's what's tension building? But they're like just pulling each other's hair. It's it's so stupid. I feel like you have no empathy. Like Mikey's right, or whoever just said that. Like she's a sweet little girl coming up to like tell her brother and his her cousin she's excited, and he just literally treats her like. A shitty dog. It's pretty fucked he, he up. He grabs your brother's ear, right? Yeah. Like he yanks on her ears, right? I, I was pretty shocked. It is by something it. like it's that. gross. Yeah, that would hurt so bad. 
But yeah. I'm not saying it's yeah. good, but I'm saying it's it doesn't look great either. I, it's just, I don't know. I'm underwhelmed by it. Like, I don't, I don't know. This is an R-rated movie. And we have a bunch of hair pulling. What are we doing here? Pappy has seen too many, like, wrecked videos on faces of death. Oh, Pap- <laughs> I, oh Pappy has seen some horrible shit. Yeah. We used to have Death Gift Fridays in the group thread. We don't do that anymore. But You used to have <laughs> Death Gift Fridays. <laughs> I don't know. Pappy's watched 120 Days of Sodom too many times. He's desensitized. <laughs> Listen, I, I think the dynamic between the uh, Mark and then his two cousins is pretty good because he does genuinely like care about her. And like I think the hide and seek scene does way more for me because at that point it's like, oh shit, Henry's got to like fucking kill her. I like that scene a lot, actually. Yeah, that's actually my next note is hide and seek. And then one of my favorite lines is no fair. What do you think this is, a game? Um, line from the trailer. Yeah, that's actually pretty creepy. Yeah, trailer line for sure. I, trailer lines always bug me a little bit. The scene directly after that doesn't make any sense at all. He doesn't like hurt him or anything. He lets him go. And then they're running through the house again. It's weird. Mikey, he can only kill her one time. He has to draw it out as much as he can. Oh, yeah. It's the, the editing. The editing is not great. <laughs> well, and it's like, why? He's tickling her. Why are the parents even gone all night? Like, At, she's like, I'm not going to be the, gone long. Oh, oh, my God. That's the thing, Pap. This mother... These are bad parents, first of all. This mother. Yes. Why are they Cut leaving? Cut her some slack. She's broken. No, They're no, no. They're millionaires. No. Hire a babysitter. These. Yes. These kids have way too much independence. It's the 90s. Way too much independence. They're like 11. I'm pretty sure there were babysitters in the 90s. We never had babysitters. 11 at most. And they just have. They're watching over this even younger sister for the whole night. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when her huge lesson about what she learned was that her youngest son died when she left him for like six seconds. Yeah. Yeah, they already have a dead sibling. Mikey, to be fair, only one of the three kids has died. <laughs> yeah, we're two for three, baby. We got Yeah, two out of three ain't bad, you yeah. know? So that's what Josh was saying about the storyboards thing. It's like they had a scene where it's like, okay, we want them to play hide and seek and the parents are gone. Yada yada yada. They just leave all night. Don't worry about it. It's, it's so stupid. As no, as a parent, you would never leave the house again. You would never. <laughs> There's just no way. This made me wonder, like dead sibling aside, was it the time or was it just like my like neighborhood and my area where like pretty much all the kids were unsupervised all the time <laughs> when I grew up? All the time. That's how my neighborhood right. was. We were out playing kick the can at like midnight. I mean, I don't know. I mean. I don't, I have very few memories of having a babysitter. It's, it's just a tough, I mean, like, I know you said dead sibling aside, but it's like the mom's whole thing is she looked away for two seconds and the baby dropped right. d- or died in six inches of water. Like that's totally inconsistent with her character. Just be like, to have be a good fair, night. See ya. To be fair, the baby was murdered. So, um, it's not really her fault. She doesn't, she doesn't know that though. She doesn't know yeah. that. That's what okay, I'm saying. Okay. So Pat, do, do you think. This would be better, these scenes, like, if they were to add five to seven minutes and maybe add some cliche, like, and I don't mean this in a bad way, like, the parents are at dinner, and they call home to check up on the kids, and the 
the line goes dead and they come home and then everything's fine. Like to add a little more tension. That's another weird editing thing. They do just come home and everything's fine the next day. Except Marcus sleeping in her room on the floor. That's a little weird. Like they're not like, hey, what's up with that? Not a very good watchdog. It's just the next day and everything, everybody is just fine. It's weird editing. There's bad logic there because he sleeps on her floor, but still her and Henry get up and are up long enough to get all their snow gear and skates on to go. Josh, you know how long those little kids take to go out and do something like that? How It's her room. How loud she would be getting all the drawers and getting her coats out and stuff. That's a good hour and a half of getting ready. <laughs> and what? These kids wake up at 7.30 to start a 1,000-piece puzzle, so they're out the door at 0900 a.m. To go, <laughs> to go skating? These kids are fucking insane. Yeah. Who's up that early? Like, did nobody have a Nintendo back then? Yeah. Mark had a Game Boy. Blowing up the universe. Oh, because they do the Shining line, don't they? They do that line about if you ever get tired of bombing something, which is from The Shining. Oh, it is? Blow- Something similar to Blowing that. Blowing up the universe? The line. Yeah, that's what it is. He says, if you ever get tired of bombing the universe, and then in The Shining he says, did you get tired of bombing the universe? Mm. Susan breaks down. When does she break down? I think they have like an argument and this is like the whole subplot with the room or whatever where the dad wants to throw away all the toys what about- and the mom is a little sad still. Doesn't want Mark to sleep in there. Oh yeah, I did skip that. Richard's room. Yeah, she gets sad and then she breaks down. Yeah. And then I think he says like how... That yeah. part is messed up. <laughs> it is messed up. What about the spot where she goes to ponder? Ooh. She just needs an orb. Dude, I was thinking that the whole time. The orb pondering location, prime time spot right there. <laughs> Corey, we're on the same page tonight for sure. You fucking A, bro. What's that from? Everything. What the What's the orb? The pondering of the orb? <laughs> <laughs> What's it from? Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's it's existed since before time itself, Brett. <laughs> Brett, all guys want an orb to ponder over, okay? If you had an orb, would you not go to that exact spot to ponder it in Minnesota? Uh, no, I, I would not. She's got a hell of a setup right there for pondering an Terrified orb. Terrified of that spot, but yes, it's I, I get it. I get it. The establishing shots for how annoying they are, they actually look pretty good. Like I like the shit they in the are. desert. Yeah. I like this shot. Like I like the shot of... Maine or Nantucket, wherever it is. What is the shot in the desert? Why is he out there? That's where they live. They're driving across country. I mean, the I'm talking about the last shot, the very last shot where he's just like staring out into the wild west. They needed, they had that footage and they had to figure out a way to end the movie. So they had Elijah Wood come back in and read a narration and slap it on the end. Yeah, we'll get to that. So Josh, you had mentioned it earlier. Why don't we? Why don't you go ahead and talk about the ice skating scene and um, how long it takes people to help Connie? <laughs> well, to be fair, they find axes pretty quick. I thought, but uh, Macaulay Culkin <laughs> starts spinning his sister around and around, throws her on the thin ice section, and she's like bobbing up and down, reaching for help, and he is like 
giving the most pedestrian effort ever to pull her back. Of her hand. I thought the camera work on that ice skating scene was really cool personally, but like how fast he was going and the shots of that, but I love the power slide he does as he tosses her towards the thin ice. This kid is a figure oh, yeah. skater. What is he doing? <laughs> this kid is like Yeah, he's really good at skating. <laughs> he is amazing. I don't like seeing that girl underwater though. That's I mentioned that earlier in the pod. It's yeah, scary. Yeah, they put her through the ringer, didn't they? Can I ask you a question, Corey, though? Because we, we breeze over the scene a little bit, and that's fine, Brett. But that scene where Macaulay... Ca- so he's always inflicting pain and loving it. So in this scene, he does it on the thin ice and like trying to kill his sister. But in that previous scene, he like brings up his little brother's death in a way that like throws Mark under the bus while at the same time triggers all his parents insecurities and like for sure the little daughter is sitting there looking, like getting traumatized like that is even though there's no violence is like one of the most evil parts of the movie to me yeah that's my bad I actually skipped that mm-hmm. i skipped my lot my note says richard's room slash henry is evil which is the second time i put that i mean that's like for that age of manipulation on that is insane there's something about the way that dawned on like I didn't realize that's why he brought that up at first either until about two thirds of the way through the conversation. And as I don't know, this is pretty horrifying. Yeah, for sure. That's a good scene. Yeah. I didn't think about that. And that like really opens up the, the parents seem to have a really good marriage, which they probably still do, but like that's the first crack you see in it. Uh, he acts like he's moved on. She kind of criticized him for, yeah, I do think about it. I think about it all the time and, uh, makes Mark kind of look like a liar at the same time. Yeah, it's it's a perfectly planned. They're both bad parents. Terrible, terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess for sure. But sorry, uh, go back to the ice scene real quick. One thing that really bothers me about that is like Mikey, you mentioned that there's so much running in this movie. Mark runs all the way over the, from the house to Hen or whatever it's called someone's pond or in the next town over yeah he, dead sister's pond he, <laughs> he forest gumps all the way to dead sister pond and like we spend a lot of time watching him do this but then he somehow gets restrained when he actually gets to the thin ice like a parent grabs him or whatever but we don't see that like one second he's running and the next second he's just like being gingerly held by someone in the crowd it's like why would you not at least show me him trying to get to her like why do i have to infer that he was grabbed by someone it's so confusing i mean he gets cross-checked by like a million kids with hockey yeah. sticks yeah <laughs> push skates on kids it's like the last of the mohicans run like i gotta see him i don't know it's just weird that we don't there's see like him. 300 people on this ice that apparently has a whole section quartered off to not skate on. So it's a bad look all around for everyone involved. Yeah, Henry knows that his dad is worried about money and he's looking to get a settlement from this pond place. He's a good dude. <laughs> yeah, the dad hasn't paid taxes on this mansion out on this seaside bluff in 10 years. <laughs> they, they owe a lot of back taxes. The court will now hear the case right. of Henry's dad versus dead sister pond and company. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat, so this is the moment you've been waiting for. So uh, Elijah goes and tries to talk to Susan. What happens there? I, I don't know why this is the moment. 
I've been waiting for. But he, I mean, he does the thing that you would kind of expect a kid to do. He's way more composed than your average kid. He's a very precocious kid, but he kind of slow ball reveals to him that he doesn't think it's an accident that he's seen Henry do some pretty fucked up shit. And Susan doesn't take this news well and strikes him across the face and immediately hugs him afterwards, which again, I think Susan's the most interesting person in this movie. I don't, I want more of her. Like, I don't, I don't hate the scene at all. I think it's like pretty compelling. I need more of the bad mom. She's had a rough time. I think a, uh, a kind of a, not dark, but like the implication of the scene is pretty dark where uh, Henry creeps into the room to Connie's hospital room and he's literally going to kill her. Um, but, or at least we think he's going to kill her and then the mom's there. Oh yeah, but he's, he's going to cuckoo's he's, nest her with the fucking pillow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's always got a plan though. Like he immediately, he's like, I was worried about her. I walked over here. I wanted to see her. How does I mean, his like, own parents not know where he's at? He's on foot. Is- Again, he's on foot. <laughs> he ran. <laughs> Apparently. God. He ran, yeah. And he's did you really guys notice shape. that he wears two different shoes? Yeah, they're supposed to symbolize good and evil, black and white. Just think about what this kid's going to be doing once he starts riding a bike or gets a car. Like, he's going to be... Yeah, this kid, this kid needs to go mobile. Yeah, he's... He's being held back by just running, but apparently he's amazing at running. He's got all of Maine right now. He's easily going to start dipping into New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the crime radius is just increasing. (laughs) I don't know how his family has survived this long. Yeah, why is he now turning evil? Just because he has, like, Elijah Wood to, like, pin stuff on or what? He's obviously always been evil since he killed that baby, but... Oh, come on. Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one accident. One sibling accident. Everybody gets pranked once. (laughs) He only pranks once. He killed the baby strictly because of the rubber duck, right? Like that's. Yeah, well, that and just the him getting supplanted. So maybe it was the boy, like another boy, because he didn't flip out when his sister was born. Oh, you guys think the rubber duck is the trigger? That's the whole reason. Dude, he acts like it's the Darksaber from Star Wars. It was once mine, and it became his, but it became mine again. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Stop playing your cards. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, uh, Mark calls his dad, and surprisingly his dad believes him-ish, but he tells him to go talk to Dr. Davenport. Um but Mikey, when he shows up at Dr. Davenport, see, I was, I'd only seen parts of this. Did you also think that she was dead? When he I, went that's what I at thought. The end? Yes. Yeah. I thought she was going to die. Like, cause like in like a lot of scary movies, any therapist character, it's like usually 100%. Ends- like that character usually dies. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, this person is definitely going to die in this movie. And we see him kill a dog. So I was like, okay, the next logical step, he's going to kill somebody not directly in the family, but like adjacent to the plot of this movie. So I, I was like, oh, yeah, she's definitely I like how the fight. first movie with a therapist that flitted in my brain was Office Space, and he totally dies of a heart attack. <laughs> it's not even a scary movie or anything. <laughs> even hypnotherapists aren't safe. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> Three, deeper and deeper, way, way down. Two, 
deeper and deeper. Way down. One. Oh my God, Doctor Swanson. I love that scene. That's it's like a masterpiece of movies at three minutes. Deeper and deeper. <laughs> the office. Yeah. Way down. One thing that I noticed is that Henry has a Sega Game Gear while he's talking to the therapist. It's uh, It breezes across the screen pretty quickly, but he's got it. Yep. Henry has Henry has Sega and, and Mark has Nintendo. Oh, no wonder they hated mm, each other. Yeah. That's like a, it's like a sign of social status, uh. at least it was at the time. Like if you had this, what if there's like a seven minute deleted scene where they get a huge fight over uh, Sega versus Nintendo, and that's that's what really led to their their hatred. They could have other. a bunch of fights like that. One's like Looney Tunes, the other one's like Nickelodeon, Pepsi, Coke, like they, <laughs> Raphael, Leonardo. It's ninety three, <laughs> so who'd have been like, oh Mario's better? He's like, oh Mario's gay. I mean, that's what it would have been like. Hey, no. Mario's gay. <laughs> hey. I just say I'm just being a kid in '93. You're describing a Not movie for a kid in '93. I never owned a Sega in my life except for a Dreamcast. So, if you want to bleep that out, I wasn't like this I was is supposed to, to be like an R-rated movie for adults, and like it'd be way better if they fought over Pepsi versus Coke or Looney Tunes versus <laughs> <laughs> Anna Barbera. Tiny Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I'll, um, I mean, look, the, you guys are getting kind of funny with it, but like maybe I think. Like, you know, the Sega Game Gear was like a more sophisticated, it had color, had a little bit better graphics, right? That he has the higher social status with like the therapist and his parents, they believe him more. He's one step ahead of everyone. Elijah Wood just has this shitty, you know, fucking 8-bit, you know, yellow screen piece of crap. No one believes him. Not for long. After his dad gets done with... Hey, if he's playing Tetris, that man is good. He has Zelda. Did you guys not have chords and you could... Connect Game Boys and play Mortal Kombat against each other. It was awesome. Mortal Kombat on a Game Boy. That sucks. Son, you're fucking. You're out of your head. That that ain't real. It was pretty. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> it was pretty slow, but it was uh, is what we had. So, I mean, uh, now that Corey's insulted every Nintendo person, Henry's there and he's like laying more groundwork. Like he's really, really messing with Mark. Uh, kind of like feeding, kind of doubling on the, what Josh was talking about earlier, even though he wouldn't really know. But Mark's like, what if someone was this and someone was that? But now he's there kind of like telling Dr. Davenport that Mark's kind of the crazy one. And he's just a master manipulator and how next thing i have is treehouse like how do they get to the treehouse cory uh they go up a rickety ladder don't they <laughs> <laughs> look uh, elijah was just sulking and then henry comes to glow after the therapy session he's like i love therapy okay that's what it is and then that's where it's already been done sorry you get one brett okay well you blew it last time so come on cory anybody one okay more. yeah one more. All right. <clears throat> hey, Mark. Don't fuck with me. 
Got him. That's why, yeah. that's why everyone came, dude. <laughs> so, okay, so, Mikey, I need you to tell me about the, this midnight snack scene. I, we'll, we'll start skipping ahead, but this is just too good. Oh, um, yeah. Henry is just like a master of gaslighting uh, Elijah Wood's character. Oh, yeah. And he just like leaves the fridge open a crack and Elijah Wood uh, creeps downstairs and sees that the fridge is open and Henry sneaks up behind him. He's like, oh, you think I poisoned all of the food for my whole family? Why would I do that? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's made it pretty clear that like he's trying to kill at least his sister. And Elijah Wood uh, just like starts dumping everything into the uh, garbage disposal. And Macaulay Culkin, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin is like ran up the stairs and he like opens the door to his parents' bedroom. And he's like, you guys got to check out uh, Mark. He's he's really fucking losing it. <laughs> <laughs> Verbatim. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, his mom and dad run down there and then they're like they see him just like tossing everything into the garbage disposal like in a in a frantic uh he's going at it too. yeah like, he's he's panicking he, he probably would be fine just throwing it in the sink with the water running but no he's got to get that down the drain too like he's got to make sure they don't won't reach in the sink and re-eat that food you know he's really going at it yeah i noticed at one point he's trying to grind up like an individual carrot like, like Henry's gone through with a syringe and like injected a full carrot with arsenic or something. He's taken over by the madness. Okay, the ring oh, yeah. has turned him. He doesn't know what the fuck is going on. He's just all food must go. All right, guys, we're almost there. We're almost there. But Josh, I need you to. What is Henry practicing in the mirror, and what does? Mark loses it again. So can you just explain this quick scene? I think it's really important. Yeah. Um, so we come back to a scene where we just, a, a great cut, cut on action, I'm sure, back to the bedroom. <laughs> and Macaulay Culkin is sitting there looking in the mirror with tears streaming down his face. Is this young sociopath feeling remorse? Is this little psychopath having a change of heart? No. He's practicing to cry at his forthcoming mother's funeral who he plans to murder. And Elijah Wood's like, I like my aunt a lot. My mom. In fact, your aunt is one-tenth my mom, so I'm, I'm going to take these scissors to your neck right now. And he, he, Elijah Wood gets nasty. He's like, I could kill you right now, motherfucker. Yeah, he gets the scissors in his neck. He's like, do it. I want to feel you inside of me. He turns into Bilbo for five seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost shared that meme with that. Uh, but, Mikey, you've been pretty hard on the editing. Would this have been completely justified in like in the end if after that scene where he destroys all the food they literally cut to the next day and they're having a humongous breakfast and everyone's laughing would that have been like amazing <laughs> I mean I, it wouldn't even be out of the realm <laughs> of, for the editing 
for this movie just because you kind of just end up in different in different areas of i don't know nothing makes sense scene to scene (laughs) really for me in this movie i think that's its biggest problem it's not very cohesive as a whole piece it's got a lot of good like individual scenes where macaulay culkin and elijah wood are interacting and it's very interesting to watch on screen but the whole story and how it is supposed to all come together is just not very good at all the whole time it's like missing these like normal movie filler scenes were like during this whole part, like yeah. the parents would react to what's happening. Set up and stuff. And the movie's going through such... I was yeah. just going to... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was just going to ask you if you thought, and because you had mentioned it, did you like that scene at the table where they're, uh, Henry's like, Mark wants to stay in Richard's room, mm-hmm. and like you first get to see how she is with Richard, or would you have liked that to have been another scene of conflict throughout the movie where they're kind of arguing about it or did you like it the way it was? I mean, like obviously you said it's missing something, it's missing other things, but would you have liked to have seen the parents? Obviously like the mom and yeah. you think she was the most interesting, but like what would you have liked to seen between them? So I guess like in this specific part, what, yeah, what I understand is like it goes from Mark destroying all of the food in the house to like him telling these, the therapist really fucked up shit to him literally holding a, dangerous weapon to their son's neck and there's never a moment where they're like let's call his dad there's never a moment where it's like let's call the police or like they have an internal discussion about it at all you know what i mean it's just like we're so focused on mark's perspective that's like i feel like i'm missing interesting parts of the story i feel like there's a scene there's a a stock scene and you could call it cliche but i actually kind of like it where something would happen in a movie just a random movie and the couple is talking about it in their bedroom. The the dad is laying on the bed, maybe reading a newspaper or a book. And the mom is in like her nightie and she's taking her earrings off. Like, I feel like yeah. they could have used a scene like that where they're talking about, man, what was Rithmark today? Oh, um, you know, back off of him. His, he's just really hurt. His mom right. died. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, you really don't see any of it's that. It's like an 82 minute movie. There's plenty of room for it. The Poltergeist scene. Pol- yeah, Poltergeist is exactly what I'm thinking right now, but. Yeah, just a side note for Mikey. Mark's dad lands, and he he can only come into Chicago. What kind of car does he rent, and how many cans canisters of NOS does he have in the back seat <laughs> to get there? We talking ten? Oh, he first of all, if he's coming in from Japan straight out of a yakuza meeting, he's bringing <laughs> in uh, a '90s Supra, and oh, it's yeah. filled to the brim <laughs> with NOS. Just tricked out. Definitely got a spoiler. Yeah. And stripes and stuff. He's paid off his debt to the Yakuza. He's forgiven them for killing his wife. They're not going to kill his child. Han's still alive. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Susan is just kind of like she smacked the crap out of Mark, but like she's starting to think about it more. Oh my gosh, I skipped right over. Susan investigates the shed in the ducky. Wow, that is really important. Well, we brought it up a bit, right? Yeah, but that's like the big... He's a big faker to his mom, but that's like the one time where like... See, how does this kid have his own shed? It's not his, I think is the point. He thinks it's his. He got too much independence. His parents are so disengaged. Right, yeah. They never once go in the shed. Yeah, they don't care about him. <laughs> so yeah, so 
basically, oh, yeah, I mean, think about it. He Dude. built that super weapon there. He got Mr. Highwayman. Did you guys see in the shed? There's his uh, like a doll of his sisters, like a hanging with a noose. Yeah, yeah, that yes. should be a clue that your your son screwed she up. She just brushes she it doesn't off. Even react She's a bad to mom. It. <laughs> She's like, I saw what you have in the shed. He's like, what? This duck. <laughs> oh, okay. It wasn't the noose. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that dead It wasn't body the noose or the okay. guns or the dead body or the fucking Molotov cocktails or the chainsaw. <laughs> I found the duck. Or the American flag in the back that he's got. God, what a what, what an obvious sign that he's a psycho. clearly Sus. He's a patriot. <laughs> I, think, I think there's something we're ignoring a little bit in psychology here. And it's like, there is a huge wall barrier to be broken before Dude, a parent I, is even going to entertain the thought that their kid could yeah, do something like that. I'm not so, saying that, but like the, there's a fucking hanging doll of his sister. Like, Why is that ignored? What, what, that, How do you know it's his sister? Well, boys will be boys, Pat. She literally looks at it and brushes it off. Why do you say it's his sister specifically? It's creepy, but why do you say it's his sister? It looks just like her, and it's like whatever dolls. I don't know. Like if <laughs> Is, and a kid can tie a fucking noose. It's not like a string. It's a fucking noose. But you're right, Josh. I mean, parents have humongous blinders. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Even in real life, the stories you read. Just to, since we did skip it, we'll go quick. She finds the ducky, and that was Henry's duck, but she gave it to Richard. And uh, this is mom. that when she... Does she ask him there, did you kill... Richard or no, is that? No, it's later. later. But she starts to be like, oh, where did you get this? Some yeah. crimes can never be forgiven. He like rompuses with her and takes it away and just takes off running. Again, another scene of running through the woods all the way to the cemetery. <laughs> yeah. This is like his murder trinket, right? Like not only is it something. Like a trophy? Yeah, it's a trophy. Yeah, I think it's a trophy. That's pretty common, I would say for sure. But plus it was like just like the item that he was jealous over that. Mm-hmm. It, you yeah. get the feeling he literally drowned his brother and took the ducky directly after the death. And like, that's why the mom had never seen it again. It's that's pretty right. creepy. That could be a 24 Pappy. It's a good picture that's painted there, Josh. Cause I think you're, you're absolutely right. Like that's not said explicitly, but they give you enough details where like, that's the conclusion that you draw, right? He killed him. Then he like picked up the duck and he like walked downstairs. She probably was like, because she said, how did you get that? Because in her mind, she's like, well, we never let Henry in that room after he died. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool to see like a scene of a duck getting grabbed out of the water, like in the beginning of the movie. Anything in a t- relating back to the duck. Do you think that goes against the trust your audience? I think an A24 movie would definitely show a baby death in the beginning just for the shock value, right? Because that's a more interesting opening. Right, and that's just yeah. code for a better movie, right, Pappy? Right. It's a, like a better attention getter than a fucking soccer game or like <laughs> the black screen with the white credits, the score that plays for five minutes. I don't know. Happy-go-lucky score at the beginning. <laughs> well, this is part of the Green Street Hooligans universe, so they had to get the football scene in early <laughs> good call well, hey we don't know what the original product was before Macaulay Culkin's dad got final cut on this movie 
Pappy, what's better, dead baby or football day? Mm. Come on, come on. Hey, you guys had the choice. I'm glad we're doing I dead guess. baby, but. <laughs> <laughs> Susan, like, I think Henry realizes he, he effed up because when Susan comes and talks to him, he's like, Mom, I'm sorry, but, like, she's not going to be... She kind of wipes that... Uh, she's got that steel reserve. Like, she's not going to... Not the beer. Not the cheap beer, but she's like, I'm not going to fall <laughs> for this again. I want to talk to him. She's got a 40? Because he's going to... Oh, steel reserve. That's... uh. Yeah. You know money's tight when you're drinking those. <laughs> I get what you're saying, Brett. The like innocent veneer has been completely wiped off now. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Mom, but she's like, nope, she's not playing that anymore. Like she's got she's got a thought and she wants to see his face but, when she asks him. And he's like, Can I but he yeah, go ahead. Pat. But her motherly instincts can still be over like still overpower, right? Because like when he's like, Well, can we go on a walk together like I was little? She agrees to that. And then she thinks he's gonna commit suicide and she like runs to save him, right? Even though she's gonna like drop him. A couple minutes later, she still does love him, which I think is good. This yeah, so stupid. <laughs> Only a mother could. As Mark sees them walking away, he just—he's completely locked. He gets locked in the room after he puts the scissors to Henry's throat, and he's just going nuts. Like, I, instead of like opening a window, he decides he wants to throw a chair through it. Um, you know, it makes sense, yeah. I guess. She's talking to him and she asked if you killed Richard and he says the most psychopathic answer you can give your mom. So what if I did? Doesn't admit to anything. There's still a shadow of a doubt here. We don't know yeah. that he killed him. But then, like you said, he he takes off and she falls right into the young collector's prank. And she goes right up to the edge, which started to give me the, the willies. And he ambushes her. I thought this could have looked really corny. I, You guys might disagree with me. You know, I'm just glad it wasn't like she flips off and she grabs something like 100% chance that she wouldn't do that. It's pretty cool looking. I agree, Brett. Yeah, she falls mm-hmm. like into something. Like it looks so much more realistic than it could have. And she's fucked up from uh, that rock too. Oh, yeah. Did you see? Did you notice the... Detail on her hands, mm-hmm. like her knuckles are all jacked up. I thought it was pretty good. I love that. Her knuckles specifically just look shredded, and that's a pretty cool detail. Yeah. What do you guys think, though, about about her standing there and Macaulay Culkin like tackling her and her falling over the edge? You buying it? Uh, More yeah. running. He runs at her. She thinks he's coming in for a hug, and he linebackers her. <laughs> <laughs> Does she think that? I don't know. But are you saying that a little 40-pound kid's not going to be able to knock over a mom that easily? I'm saying if that was me, the kid would have gone over. <laughs> oh, you would have done... You, this is like... You would have been like Splinter. In that video I tagged you in? <laughs> Come at me, Michelangelo. Help me! Please. 
Pappy, what was a better movie? Mm. Sophie's Choice or Susan's Choice? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. We have one of the... I know you didn't like Sophie's Choice. You thought it was overrated. It is overrated, but it does have one of the best performances of all time. But it, I mean, up against Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood, that's a two-headed snake right there. <laughs> uh, you know, the falling to their death scene is a little trite, right? Um, again, it's like the, the whole movie now hinges on this mom changing and coming to like see her kids for what they are. Right. And I feel like that's been a little bit underdeveloped. I don't know. Like the detail on her hands look cool. Like you said, Josh, that's, do you think it would have been better if Jesse would have naturally slipped out of her hands or do you like that uh, she made the choice? No, I like the choice. The choice is good. It's good that she has to choose and that she's now actively letting go of, of Henry letting go of a child. Like, you know, yeah, like, like, it's probably unsavable. Yeah. And like, what has her husband been telling her that she needs to let go of her dead child? Now she's letting go of a living child to do the right, right thing. Is it, but yeah, some good bones in here. One for three, terrible ratio. It's another bad edit because I feel like there's a whole movie in her having to explain to her husband why another kid is dead. Oh, yeah, because he has no idea. Right, does he? he? he He's going to get the shock. He thinks well, spoiler Mark, alert, Josh. He still thinks Mark is psycho, so it's going to be a lot for him to take in. Mm-hmm. The ending of this movie is totally bizarre because it, it goes right from that to Elijah Wood on the... It's insane. It's it's totally insane. I was going to ask you about that. A, the editing, you're right, but how, I don't have a problem with what he says, but... Fast travel. How does everyone feel about the random, just random narration? I don't know. I think the whole movie like implies that the whole mo- that the whole time Elijah Wood is dealing with a really stressful situation and he's also kind of a little crazy as well imprinting his mom on this woman uh his aunt or whatever but they like do nothing with it and then he's just like talking into a void in the middle of the desert and that's how the movie ends. I hate when there's just a narration out of nowhere at the end of the movie. It's like, set it up a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's so jarring. And the ring was destroyed and Middle Earth was saved. <laughs> well, that's the Join end. Join us next so... time on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> on Dragon Ball Z. What, is, uh, what does he even say at the end of this movie? Henry is gone. <laughs> and the rest of us are safe. I need good son, my lord. <laughs> It says something about, I, am I have a question, son. but I'm not going to ask her. I'd like to know the answer, but I'm sure it's not going to ask her or something. I don't know. Yeah, he says, I think if she would have chose me instead of Henry, she could go back. And like I wonder about it, but I'd never ask her. Henry is gone, and the rest of us are safe. But sometimes, late at night, I find myself thinking, not about Henry, but about Susan, and wondering if she had it to do over, would she make the same choice? I guess I'll always wonder, but I know I'll never ask. I'm glad she realized that Henry was the bad son. <laughs> Roll credits. We're going to see him smash on the rock. It's yeah. kind of cool. I like that. I was reading about that. They, uh, they are hanging from there, and he does fall like 30 feet. 
um, on his fall scene and like he used that fall to get like a new bike or something. He said he wouldn't do it unless they bought him something. So yeah, they had him on a wire. So they actually dropped Macaulay Culkin's ass off a cliff for real. Hmm. And yeah, and they are hanging off that cliff on a wire. Like that's really cool. In my opinion. Um, maybe, uh, labor law people might not think it's as cool, but I mean, F them. They're on a wire. What's the big deal? Kid got a mongoose bike out of it. Fair trade. <laughs> got a haro. <laughs> haro. <laughs> All right. I think we've, I want to do some final thoughts. I mean, I'm pretty sure since we have such a weak plot and we went an hour and 40 minutes that we probably got a lot of final thoughts in, but anybody? This is a remake of a movie called The Bad Seed, which I saw at some point in my childhood. And, uh, in the 50s, right? Didn't really like, had, had a lot of trouble getting through it. I remember thinking this was like a way better version, but you know, I'd be interested to go back and find out if I still feel that way. Yeah. I think this movie could do with a remake. I, I think so too. I agree. I think it could be really good. Like you said, A24 could probably make a pretty good movie. We could make a good movie. Yeah, the Bad Seed, 1956, almost twice as long <laughs> as this movie. Oh, wow. What's up with the font in the opening and closing credits? It looks like Comic Sans or something. It's really bad. It's so lazy. Bad. It's like Simpsons font. What's going on there? <laughs> Papyrus. I guess one note that I had, I, I saw a lot of reviews and, and heard a couple where people were saying that they thought the score was bad. I liked it. I don't think the score is bad, but I do think it's a little bit misapplied. Some of it's necessary. Like some of like the like the really stuff kind of lend lend itself to what was going on. I thought, but there's some really dark stuff too. How's that misapplied, Pat? It feels more like a drama sometimes, and I think Corey even mentioned this in like the opening credits with that comic sans. It's like kind of like upbeat music. Like I think Dave Mello front of the pot and his um, letterbox review called this like a lifetime movie like I get lifetime movie vibes a little bit from just the he gave tone. it like what? a half star so what does he know uh, what studio was this I, I can't remember uh, I think it was uh, sold to Universal I think it just does seem 20th like Century Fox oh, okay Universal sold it to Fox Walt that's Disney right because they, they, they had him for Home Alone the good side on Disney know. Plus. If when you Google search "watch Good Son online," I think the second link is a Disney Plus link, so it's like supposed yeah. to be on there, and you click it, and it says "not available in your country," assuming you're in the United mm. States. VPN time. Yep. Gotta have VPN. Anybody else final thoughts? No. All right. Well, let's go ahead and. Let's go ahead and get this one out of the way. Pat? Um, I'm actually going to give this like a soft no. I know I was like the most negative voice on the podcast, but there's a, there, there's a lot of good ingredients yeah. here. Like I think Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood are awesome. Like I said, some of the establishing shots are really cool. Though as a premise, it's really creepy and interesting, but there's something about the way everything comes together that feels a little rushed a little confused, even a little cheap sometimes. And that's like kind of like we've done two Ian McGow, uh, no, Joseph Rubin movies, uh, this and 
Return to Paradise. And it's kind of like the same thing where it's like, that was such a cool premise. But then the final product just didn't do it for me. The Good Son just didn't do it for me. I really want to remake though. I think we're onto something there. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm 100% down for it. So there are a lot of good things in this movie. I'd almost recommend like, if you're into Macaulay Culkin or 90s stuff, you should definitely see this movie. But I just don't think it's good. So I'm going to give it a soft no. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Mikey? If Pap's going soft no, I'm going equally soft yes. Yeah. Um, like we said, a remake would be really cool. Maybe a, a Timothy Chalamet and a Timothy Holland. <laughs> Co-brothers. Tim and Tom. Uh, playing 12-year-olds. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Clifford style. Uh, no, uh, any, I mean, obviously not them, but I think a remake would be really cool. Uh, I think that, like we said, like I said, at least that there were some really interesting scenes where Macaulay Culkin is obviously very intimidating and scary. Uh, just like everything, trying to hold it together is not that good. So, Pap gave great uh examples for a soft no and i'm just going to go the complete opposite for the soft yes everything else is just i think it just needs i don't know maybe macaulay culkin's dad really fucked up the production of this or something i don't know but, um, just uh not a great product overall soft yes macaulay culkin's dad we know you're listening if you disagree and you want to tell us what really happened reach out to us yeah final okay. cut final cut on this podcast as well <laughs> uh josh leave his brand alone uh josh from goshen here i gotta give this a pretty hard yes i think honestly it was just a joy to see two child actors bounce off each other like this and be relied on so heavily and outshine the adults at a and other children in this movie at every turn. Um, I have weird memories of this movie because it legitimately freaked me out. And I thought it was going to be a lot more corny this time around, Brett. But some of those sneaky scenes where Macaulay Culkin's being creepy, but it's not so violent and blatant. Like when he's like when he's a little too close with the mask. Like when he's psychologically terrorizing the family. I think that's where this movie shines and has a lot of good moments. I enjoyed it. 90s movie. Pap, it also does a good job of, like you said earlier, kind of showing this sleepy East Coast town. And it it makes Mm -hmm. it look pretty cool and livable. Even if you can get to the whole state of Maine on foot (laughs) as a (laughs) seven-year-old, notwithstanding... uh, decent yes brett thanks for picking this uh sequel or prequel to green street hooligans <laughs> brett sorry super quick there was a remake of the bad seed in 2018 starring rob Lowe, but it was produced by the lifetime television network and got uh. scathing reviews so <laughs> well some of the uh greatest if not the majority of the greatest horror movies in books ever written take place in Maine so you know this maybe you have to add to the pantheon because that's where all of Stephen King's books take place there's a little Stephen King shout out almost to have it there Uh, maybe Corey yeah this is Corey Kylo Ren memes 
I'm going to give this a yes. And the reason I'm going to give it a yes is because I like this movie, but that's not because it's a good movie. This movie, I don't think, is a good movie, right? It doesn't quite work on some, like, fundamental writing level. There is a story here, and I know recently we've been talking about, like, movie concepts, and part of the strength of this movie is the story or the concept. You know, I could just imagine in my head, like, what this was pitched as and why it was picked up and eventually made into a movie because it sounds kind of cool. Like, you got a family, they seem normal, but they have a kid that's actually a psychopath and is truly evil. And then you got another kid who's good, but the kid who's bad is always one step ahead of him. So it's, you know, the good kid is trying to stop the bad kid. And then, you know, you have ideas that are pitched, I'm sure, at the time of what the bad kid does, which makes it interesting. Like some of the things that we remember, like killing the dog with that fucking bolt crossbow thing. And then crossbow, Mr. Highwayman tossing him into the like these things are are good ideas for a story like this. And they're memorable and they work well and they underline the character and you know how deranged he is and that's good but they needed writers to come in and clean this up and make this work uh other outside of those basic concepts and those major mm-hmm. scenes i think that it could be tied together a little bit better i still like this movie right and you guys know i'm a creature of nostalgia so that's a big component but also it has really good actors so that's on the other side of the strengths of this movie it has uh, two of the best working child actors at the time, if not the two best at the time, in my opinion, debatably, I guess. So there's good things about this movie. I like it because I remember it. Some of those major events in the movie are strong enough to me to carry it over to a yes. But uh, something about it just doesn't work, right? There's some like filmmaking aspects out of place. Yeah. And uh, I can see why it has such a poor Rotten Tomatoes score because of those things. Anyway, it's still a yes for me. It's just not very good. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Brett. Uh, 100%, like with pretty much everything said, Pappy, I was going to say, yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you say. Uh, you said, Corey, probably more nailed what I was thinking. This is, I mean, it's going to be a yes for me. I enjoyed watching it. I just really like watching Macaulay Culkin. And I thought him and Elijah Wood, who I, I believe Macaulay Culkin is five months older, um, roughly five months older than Elijah Wood. And that's cool. It's um, that they kind of grew up together, probably competed for some roles. But yeah, it's not a great movie. And like, I don't have the technical chops while watching movie uh, movies to like notice that. But like, as soon as Mikey, the first time tonight said that the editing was bad, I was like, it's like a glass breaking. You're like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. Like, I just put it as so many scenes stacked on top of each other, like pancakes at it. But, like, it's just so, it was just so weird. But, yeah, it, there's enough there. I think, like, Josh and maybe Pappy said, it's refreshing to watch a movie where the kids aren't the problem. I mean, like, I had mentioned it during the Spy Kids thing. And it's like not like I necessarily think those two kids are good or bad actors. But, like, if you stack them up against these two kids, I mean, it's not even freaking close. Like, yeah. Pretty incredible. These kids can not just be in scenes with the adults, but like go toe to toe with them. Like who could even do this today? Like who? No, no, I'm thinking about it. I don't kid actors now. I mean, I don't really know, but I mean, like think about uh, Macaulay's sister. Like she was terrible. 
Like she wasn't a good actress, and you could yeah. tell she couldn't fake being asleep or in a coma. Yeah, yeah. So, she was bad. Like, and then you just like be like, oh my gosh, look at Macaulay and Elijah. So I don't know. I, I feel like you could find some like unknowns who could do it, Brett. But like, you're not gonna have the star power of Elijah yeah, Wood and Macaulay power. Corbin. Like, yeah. that's what kind of makes it interesting. True. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. That's right. I I don't. It doesn't matter. But yeah, no. I, it's what I I think and. So surprisingly, I mean, yeah, I think we all kind of think this is not necessarily a great movie, but um, in Josh, maybe a little bit, but a lot of nostalgia involved in that. But still, we got what one, two, three, four yeses and a soft no. I mean, not too bad for for that. So that's cool. Um, so I have a trivia that oh, I thought was going to be, but we're coming up on nine minutes till two hours. I mean, I'm not like, I, it's a game we haven't played in a long time. It's uh sort that ish out. Mm. I have 10 movies. Should I bump it down to eight or you think just get started? Let's go with 10. Okay. Okay. So the order I have for oldest to newest is Josh, Corey, Mikey, Pappy, Josh, knowing the game, would you like, do you think you want to go first or, I kind of forget what we have How to about sort this? out, to be honest. How about, okay, so uh, Josh, since you're on the schneid, your advantage is going to be you can one time choose to go twice mm. in a row. Oh, I remember. There's 10 movies. We have to get them in yeah. a row of 10 of movies. What's... Are you going to tell the audience the rules? Can yeah, I go yeah. pee? Yeah, I have go to pee. go pee. Yeah. Yeah, Take two minutes, okay? Okay, two the way this game works, Brett, is you give us 10 movies. We have to sort them out in chronological order. But if I do really well, but don't finish it, the next person in line gets like a really good chance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Basically. for sure. Um, but you, we usually, you have to like repeat. I think it's, I don't think anyone's going to get in the first round. So I'm going to go, I'm just going to put myself second and hopefully looking at that second time around, getting the win. That's my strategy. So now it's Give me Pappy, Josh, Mikey, Corey. It's okay. a new order. Oh, so you Ass- you think? Assuming I would, yeah. If I first isn't well, that the advantage is going disadvantage going first. Give me one second. Um, first isn't great, but I might get more. I did not random. It's a little bit of a. I did not randomize this. It's a little bit of a crapshoot versus like a closer to, right. I don't know how many we're going to get in the first round. What if we only get through four of them? It's the game. Yeah. yeah it's, Let's sort this ish out. Yeah. What are the movies, Brett? Yeah, I just, I need to, uh, I'm randomly generating this. I'm sorry. I, I screwed up. Oh, we're going to read them in order. For the... <laughs> I see what you're saying. That would have been a classic fake out. So it'd be nice. It'd be smart for you guys to have like okay. something to write with or your phones, but I know how you Ready. guys are. So... No, pa- no pad app. Okay, so these are eight eight movies that we're trying to put in chronological order. Yes, they are okay. chronological order. No, by domestic box office. Oh, okay. oh. sorry. 
Stop. Domestic box office. Okay. So these are movies, the top grossing domestic movies for Elijah Wood, Macaulay Culkin, and David Morse. The movies in question are Happy Feet, Home Alone 2, World War Z, The Two Towers, Fellowship of the Ring, Deep Impact, The Rock, Home Alone, How are we supposed to write Return these? of the King. Yeah, I can't write that fast. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't even thinking about it. Happy Feet. All right, sorry. Home Alone Happy Feet, Home Alone 2, World War Z, oh. Two Towers, yeah. Fellowship. Two Towers. Hold on. Yep. Yeah. Fellowship, you guys up to fellowship? Send them in the chat. Send them in the chat. Send them in the chat. That's a way better idea. Yep, I'll send it. You got it? All right. Sorry, guys. I thought I was prepared, but I wasn't. Is that it? This is going to be so fucking hard. Not accounting for inflation. Not. So I go first or last? First. Happy Mikey. Wait, what? Pappy, Josh, Mikey, Corey. Pappy, Josh, Mikey, Corey. Okay. I'm gonna, We're going low to high or high to low? Low is first. The Rock. Incorrect. Deep Impact. Incorrect. <laughs> uh, happy Feet. Incorrect. Wait, who said The Rock? I did. <laughs> That's right. Okay. That's fine. I'm sorry, guys. No. The Rock. Got the wrong numbers. Okay. The Rock. Deep Impact. Incorrect. Fuck. Is it though? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm I'm on board now. <laughs> I deserve that. I deserve Just that. Joking. Uh. So the uh, the Rock, and then we'll yep. go up to Happy Feet. Incorrect. Fudge. For reals. With a Z. Mm, not like kids. With an S. Uh, World War Z. No, but start with you. Got to go and you got to keep keep it going. Oh, the Rock, World War Z. Incorrect. So I think I'm supposed to say which one has the second lowest domestic box office of yep. this list, right? Right. Okay, you start with yeah. the one that you know, the ones that you know. Keep building the train. Okay, so the Rock was chosen. That's done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Next would be the Green Mile. Correct. Mm. Yep. Keep going. Dude, okay. So yeah. next would be World War Z. Incorrect. Just as the, I don't know if this will help. The Rock, 134 million. Green Mile, 136. The Rock, yeah. Green Mile, Deep Impact. Correct. 140 million. World War Z. Incorrect. The Rock, Green Mile, Deep Impact, Happy Feet. Incorrect. Dude, how much did Happy Feet fucking make? Happy Feet tightened oh up the box gosh, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want to look like a fucking idiot. All of these. Welcome uh, to trivia. Rock, <laughs> Green Mile, Deep Impact, Home Alone 2? Home Alone. Oh, 
correct. Home Alone 2, Sorry, correct. I, One of those two was correct. You said it. You said it. 173 yeah. million, Home Alone 2. Uh, and then I'll say Home Alone. Incorrect. The Rock, The Green Mile, Deep Impact, Home Alone 2, World War Z. Incorrect. Oh, that piece of shit guess. made money. Man, World War Z was a banger, wasn't it? The Rock, no. Green Mile, Deep Impact, Home Alone 2, <laughs> Happy Feet. Correct. Uh oh. World War Z. Correct. Hold on. I'm writing these down. I like World War Z. Okay. Uh, Happy um, Feet 198 million. World War Z 202 million. Um, Home Alone. Correct. God darn it. Um. Fellowship. Correct. <laughs> uh, Two towers. Correct. Return of the King. Correct. Let's fucking ding, go. Ding, ding. <laughs> I thought that would trip more people up the the order of the end, but <sighs> yeah, Home Alone made two hundred eighty five million dollars in like ninety one. Oh, it was like my God. the highest. That's crazy. It was in the top ten for a long time. We never address on all twenty Lord of the Rings rec- like podcasts that the worse they got the more money they made <laughs> <laughs> debatable sorry Corey. once it, getting once he broke down that happy feet wall it all just came crashing down seriously yeah. how much was happy feet uh 198 D- domestic i mean so i think lot. that's probably a movie that probably did pretty well internationally i don't need to tell you that the lord of the rings did pretty well internationally i was hoping that home alone would be in the mix and upset one of the Lord of the Rings. That'd be cool. Oh, me too. That's originally, that's what I had planned on doing. I was actually going to do that other game that I freaking hate that uh, Jordan <laughs> loves where I give you a box office. And is it higher or lower? I don't hate it. I'm just terrible at it. But uh, yeah, nothing was close to the Lord of the Rings really, except for Home Alone. It was close. But so, yep. Ding, ding, ding. Sorry, everybody. Uh, but uh, Pappy is the winner yeah. again. Thank you, thank you. I'm ready to go. Brother, this guy stinks! (laughs) Is that Theo Vaughn? That's Spongebob. (laughs) Spongebob Squarepants. Some fish yelling in a nightclub. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and take a break. No, he's ready. I'm just doing it for the thing. No, we don't want to do that. All right, we'll edit it out then. No, this is all great content. All right, Us back. yelling at each other. <laughs> I'm ready. It's what people come to see. All right, Pat, what's the next spoilers movie going to be? You, oh, I, wait. Yeah. Do you want to read iTunes first? Oh, uh, God dang it. Yes. For the record, Josh and Stevie thinks this, think this was written by... <laughs> but this one's titled The Intern from Catboy1711. Man, these old episodes with this character, The Intern, are a hard listen. He screams and is very annoying. I would love to hear the backstory about the rise and fall of Kylo and Brett are huge upgrades from that annoying baby. Five stars. So a, a compliment. So that's assuming that Vitz had a rise. <laughs> mm-hmm. We uh, will do a rise and fall of Vitz, uh, but it's going to be on the Patreon. No, don't say that. Second one. Don't mess with Jiminy the Cricket by Bash and Grab 2027. I love this podcast. Such a fun group of people talking about movies. My favorite spot of the whole podcast is during the punishment episode of Pinocchio in number 365 when they discuss Jimmy the Cricket. 
about 29 minutes and 30 seconds into the podcast. It's the funniest two minutes I've heard on here. And for a podcast that's hilarious, that's saying something. Also, I second the additions of Brett and Corey from the previous review. This group feels really well balanced. Keep it up. Five stars. Thank you for that uh, compliment, whoever you were. That was, uh, I felt pretty good about those jokes. It's, I appreciate it's it. too nice. It's like, is that someone's mom? Yeah, it's suspicious. Like, it's a little sus. Why is it too nice? I, I don't know, Brett. Why did you make a fake account? <laughs> well, Just... for my pick, after reading those two great iTunes reviews, thank you for those. If you thank you, by the way. You. I appreciate yes. it. Yeah, thank that's you. nice. We will awesome. all read them on the air we really really like that uh but i, I don't know i'm in a kind of a 90s mood now i want to go another relatively short movie from my childhood that i remembered uh 1995 joe johnston's jumanji uh okay in the 90s mood. all right opening up the so, jumanji uh, universe are we <laughs> why not jumanji jumanji verse my fault yeah We'll do one every year at Christmas time. It'll come out midsummer. It'll be great. <laughs> come for come for Robin Williams. Stay for the huge spiders. Um, so uh, thank you everybody for joining us on this very very happy episode of the Good Son. I uh, uh, hope you had fun. We had a blast. And uh, stay tuned, and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. Special thank you to our patrons. Nick. Where's your sense of humor? Brother Brian. What if I read you a bedtime story instead? Matt Troll. We'll get you help. The Meg. You heard her. She wants to play again. David. What happened the night Richard died? I'd like to hear it from you. Davey Kerr. Don't lie to me, all right? Just don't lie to me. Nurse Stacy. You don't look too good, Mom. Barky 420. Did you kill Richard? What if I did? The Wolf. Druid King. He's thinking about the end.
He's had enough of this terrible life. Say goodbye. No! My first ever hosting job, I won on Desperado and Stevie played this game. What was your first pick, Ghostbusters? Yeah, I was going to pick my cousin Vinny, but Josh was like, pick Ghostbusters. I was like, okay. Spooky. Um, yeah, it was How many of us spooky. are there? Me, uh, four, four, four of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mikey? Long P. I think what I want to do is go second. Okay. Okay. I'm back. I'm back. All right. And we're back from our little break. Um, Josh, what would you like to do? That was spoilers.